You're listening to the Hamilton Today podcast from 900 CHML. All right. Uh, kind of frightening headline in the Globe and, the Globe and Mail. Uh, China Xi to meet Putin, other allies, to advance his vision for a new global order. Uh, Ten years ago, the Chinese president first proposed what would become the Belt and Road Initiative, a globe-spanning trade and infrastructure program that now encompasses more than 150 countries. World leaders are gathering in Beijing this week to hear of China's vision for the future of the project, which has come under growing criticism for failing to deliver on its grand uh, promises and saddling poor countries with yet more debt uh, debt and acting as a tool for Chinese political interference. To talk more about all of this, Elliot Tepper with us, Emeritus Professor, Political Science, Carleton University. Elliot, as always, thanks for the time. Hope you're well. Thank you. Same to you, Scott. So basically, Elliot, explain in, in layperson's terms what the Belt and Road Initiative is, and is it not the Chinese government building infrastructure in other countries which they really can't afford and then just taking it over? Well, that pretty well sums it up. <laughs> it's actually a very, very ambitious program. If you take a look at the map of what they have in mind, it stretches all the way to Europe and down into Africa, and particularly an economic corridor through Pakistan. Very, very ambitious uh, overland, across the seas, and it was indeed intended to be a, a, a an initiative, a good initiative by China to show what good people they are by providing loans to uh, finance all kinds of infrastructure projects, and those have been very valuable projects for a lot of places. However, uh, now after a decade, we're starting to see more of the outcome of all this. Uh, the short phrase on this is that China has gone from the world's largest lender to the world's largest debtor, debt collector. Mm-hmm. So the, a lot of countries just can't, can't pay back the uh, loans, even soft loans that were provided. And yes, uh, in some places, China then sweeps in and takes over, as they did in Sri Lanka, a very strategic, a very strategic base that they built there, a deep water port that they built there. So yes, it has been a an ambitious program basically to see to it literally that all roads lead through Beijing. So is it working or is it bankrupting bankrupting China? It's not bankrupting China because they, uh, they, can, they have a funny money economy in a sense. But it, mm. it is very, it's increasingly difficult for China now that China is at home uh, internally facing a lot of economic issues. We know that the post-COVID bounce that was expected hasn't happened. The collapse or the collapsing real estate uh, uh, sector within China is a real threat to the economy. They may not have the money to loan out that they have in the past. They are paralleling all of this with some other additional uh, programs, basically World Bank type programs, uh, infrastructure loaning uh, programs. But uh, the bottom line is that a lot of countries have become disillusioned by the BRI because Chinese companies come in. They don't hire locals. They bring in mm. Chinese companies. And then they build a project and go home and without necessarily having the maintenance there. Otherwise, it gets tied into Chinese maintenance. So there's a lot of complaints that then after, as you pointed out, there's something called the debt trap. Countries can't pay back, and then they have to uh, basically give up ownership of a piece of their country in order to make it all happen. What is the West learn? The Western allies learning from this? Is this something they should have been involved in, or be just different set of politics, different ideologies? Well, uh, Joe Biden has set up an alternative, parallel 
much improved, as they say. You know, we, we're not going to be like the Chinese. You can deal with us. But in fact, uh, very belatedly, only in recent times, Joe Biden has set up this parallel program so that countries now of increasing political significance, which are falling under uh, Chinese influence, countries in Africa that have enormous resources are being tied uh, to the future of China, not uh, to the future of the Western Alliance and so to, uh, and their allies. So, uh, yes, there's now a, a catch-up going on. Uh, we'll, we'll loan you money. No, we'll loan you money. So it's a, in a good position for countries that need to get things underway. Again, I want to say something positive about it because, in fact, a lot of modernization has taken place. And as yeah. Xi Jinping says, countries uh, are voting with their feet. There's 130 of them here today. So they, they've made their choices. And the West is, uh, is being very unfair to us. They have other kinds of programs that also create debt. But essentially, this is a huge power play that China is undertaking. Uh, Mr. Putin is there to say, we're part of it. We back you all the way. He's there to strengthen the relationship that these two have in their combined effort to reshape the global order away from the old declining Western model into a new emerging model, i.e. an autocratic model, with China taking the lead. Is this set in stone, uh, China on the way to creating the new world order, or have allies just been asleep at the wheel and now they're waking up and won't let that happen? It's a, a bit of both. The, the allies are waking up, but there's also a lot of awakening that the BRI is not not the be-all and end-all uh, that it was thought to be by the people who actually take these loans. So there's a lot of a lot of um, country complaints coming out of this. Some of the work has been shoddy as well. And also, now they're shifting uh, at this forum. They're now going to be shifting from the type of infrastructure that they have been funding, large-scale infrastructure to smaller-scale and perhaps money-making infrastructure and also more environmentally sound infrastructure because China has been not only building coal plants at home, they've been paying under this program for other yeah. countries to invest in coal plants. Now they're saying we're not going to do that anymore. We're we're going to, as of this meeting, uh, we're going to now have a clean uh, Silk Road and uh, Belt and Road. <laughs> so this, this is the kind. It's of amazing story. how it's amazing how one meeting can do that, Elliot. From now on, yeah. here's how we're doing it. <laughs> well, if you switch where the money goes, it might help. But all of this, if you step back, this is a big power play. Um, an emerging power wants to uh, wants to build up very long-term dependencies around the world in ways that benefit the emerging power. Uh, and here comes Mr. Putin to say, well, we're with you on this, clearly as a junior partner. But the relationship between Mr. Putin and China has really changed dramatically as a result of his failed imperial adventure in, in Ukraine. He thought it was just going to be a very quick victory. As we know, we've talked about this many times. But what's happened now is that because of the pressures put on Russia, because of their, their basically their criminal behavior in terms of attacking a neighboring state, China has moved in to fill the gap. So a lot of companies moved out of uh, doing business with Russia. China moved right on in. Uh, I've got some figures. Trade between China and Russia has grown 30% in the first nine months of this year. Total business in 2023 expected to break last year's record $190 billion. And very importantly, I, I, this one surprised me. I hadn't picked it up. The Western company's departure from the Russian market has been filled by China, including in cars. Uh, one of every two cars 
I'm reading again. This is a quote. One of every two cars sold in Russia today, for example, comes from China. Before the war, it was hardly anything. Elliot Tepper with us, Emeritus Professor, Political Science, Carleton University, uh, Russian leadership and Chinese leadership meeting, uh, getting together in Beijing, uh, the Belt and Road Initiative on the agenda. Elliot, as always, fascinating stuff. Thanks for the time. Be well. Uh, Always good to talk to you, Scott. Thanks for listening to the Hamilton Today podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 on 900CHML and online at 900CHML.com.